What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Blame It on the Stars, an astrology podcast here to give you all the tea on what's happening in the universe. So, you know, you can blame your problems on the stars. I'm your co-host, Jade. And I'm your co-host, Kara. And together we are... The Astro Babes. Or, you know, Astro Millennials on Instagram if you want to give us like a little follow. It doesn't matter if you're new to astrology or super advanced. We keep it simple here and everybody is welcome in our Astro fam. Okay, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Blame It on the Stars podcast. We know that you guys are exhausted, tired, drained, depressed, crying, crying on the E-train to work every single morning at 7.30 a.m. Wait, that's just me who's dealing with that. But the moral of the story is Whenever things are getting a little rough and the transits aren't moving too much, you know, in astrology and we have sort of a little bit of an off week, we try to do something to spice it up and make things a little bit more exciting. And so with that being said, this week's episode is a nice little sprinkle of fun in your life that you probably need because we are going to be answering and discussing every single one of your major astrology questions because I know that you you guys have a ton and we have a special guest with us today. Brian, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah, what's up guys? Thanks for having me. My name's Brian, Brian Scarborough, of course, and um, I operate on Twitter and Instagram and um, YouTube under Fixed Air Moon. And that's also the name of my astrology company. So yeah, Fixed Air Moon. That's that's me. Thanks for having me, you guys. I really appreciate it. Of course. I feel like I don't know why we just like knew it was inevitable that like you were gonna be on here, like I don't, I like me and Kara just like when we first made Astro Twitter, I feel like it was almost like instant, like we were like okay one day. Right. It was funny because I remember like we joined right at the same time about like all three of us, and then we somehow figured out that you were Astro Millennials. I don't know if I saw a post that you put, but I was following that first on Instagram before I had a Twitter. And then I met you girls like more personally on your Twitter accounts. And I was like, oh, what? You know, we kind of were like the new Astro Twitter kids on the block, you could say. So it was cool to like kind of have that vibe right from the beginning for sure. Yeah, I feel like Instagram versus Twitter for astrology is so vastly different. So like for us to join Astro Twitter, it almost sort of felt so much more welcoming in a way, just because like the whole thing with like the algorithm and all that on Instagram is just overwhelming. And then you're bombarded with like all the meme accounts. It was definitely like very refreshing to just like communicate with people who like knew about astrology but like actually knew about astrology like didn't know that like your sun sign is your sun sign and that you have a rising sign like there's that level of knowing and then there's like actually knowing yeah absolutely it was like cool because i started out like you know it's like oh i gotta post a picture every time i want to write and that was just like almost annoying for me because i wasn't a big instagram person anyways so then twitter was cool because it was just like i could just put my content out there in words and and people would pick up on it, and it was cool. So I enjoyed Twitter a lot in the beginning, and I still do. Twitter's my, like, hangout for sure. So, well, do you want to tell our listeners, you know, your big three? Of course, of course. I'm a Capricorn sun, 10-degree Cappy sun, so this uh, full moon that we just had is nice, making some nice aspects there. Fun times, and then I'm a Aquarius moon, of course, fixed air moon. I named my company and my accounts off my moon sign because... Um, 
I learned about it before I really learned about my rising. But um, the moment I like found that Aquarius moon, I was just like, oh my gosh, like that is so me. <laughs> this is kind of funny. So I really vibed with my moon the moment I found out about it. And then uh, my rising is Aries. So Marsh, I'm a Martian, Mars ruled. I think that comes out sometimes and other times it surprises me where that rising goes. Yeah, no, I feel that so hard. So what got you into like astrology, specifically evolutionary astrology? Yeah, so, well, it it was kind of like, I've kind of been on this, this really like fast paced, I guess you could say kind of wake up over the last couple years. And it started out with really when I had my Saturn return, when Saturn entered Capricorn, which he's just about to leave. So that's just finishing up. But it, it started then and all of a sudden my consciousness, because my son is conjunct Neptune also, and with Uranus right there too. And I, I just started like really expanding my mind in different ways. And I kind of got more into Tarot first. And I was listening to Tarot on uh, YouTube and, and getting into my sun sign more through Tarot and, and readings in that way. And then I started just getting a little bit more into a little bit more into it, but not really diving in full, like all the way until one night I, I put on some like, I think it was like some healing frequency music that I fell asleep like meditating to. And I woke up at 3.33 in the morning, which has been like a very... It's been a very special number to me ever since then. Even in my videos, when I do video horoscopes on YouTube, my clock behind me is set to 333. So I always, I keep carrying that number around because what happened, so I woke up and there's a guy talking and it switched channels and it was uh, the Leo King, David Palmer, who's a great astrologer, but he was doing his daily or his weekly Tarot show. And he just, at that moment when I woke up at 333, he was doing a Capricorn reading. And I was like, oh, so I stayed up and listened to it. And it was, and it hit. And I was like, oh my God. So I followed his channel. I really didn't know who he was at that point. I thought he was maybe just a tarot guy. Um, I didn't under, I didn't know that he was such an, a really powerful astrologer. He's been doing it for a long time. So then I started following and I ended up realizing who he was. So anyway, shout out to the Leo King because he kind of like is a big part of me finding astrology. So that happened. I found out he was offering courses, that he sold courses. And I just like dove into those head first like I didn't care how much it costs I was like yep I'm learning all about astrology from this guy and I just went in head first and took all of his I took 90 hours of his material and just haven't looked back ever since it's just been every day every single day like clockwork so I started doing horoscopes quick and um, that was a big part of my I guess awakening kind of and and really finding my spirituality um, astrology was just like a huge part of that so I really associate my spirituality with astrology and it's it's very much like my not only my favorite but my most like powerful spiritual practice I guess is where that ended up now so that's how that happened kind of a wild story it's actually like so cool though like that you woke up at 333 and it just worked out like that I was getting so many divine like synchronicities just leading up to that that one was just like extremely powerful and I just knew like the moment like it happened and when I looked back and found out who he was I just knew it was that was it like and then I found out so much more after the fact yeah astrology turns out I've been doing it for a long time 
in other lives too because I've done a lot of past life work and Akashic Records. It's no wonder I found it so quick and jumped on it as quick as I have because it's very familiar. So you are a professional astrologer. What is that like? I mean, you could say that. (laughs) (laughs) You could say that. I do only do astrology right now. It is how I make a living and get by. And it's, it's amazing. I do horoscopes every day and and then readings are coming in more and more. It's it's amazing. I, I'm an Aquarius North Node also. So like helping people and like seeing people for who they are and looking past like labels and stuff and just like helping people spiritually with astrology is kind of like my niche and helping people evolve and become stronger. You know, we all have blocks in our life. And I think I really use astrology to help get through hard times. And I try and help people like see a light because, you know, I'm not shy. Like, I definitely have it on my Twitter. Like, I do consider myself to be a light worker. And the astrology is my modality, you know, for how I, you know, do the light work that I do. Yeah, isn't it just so wild to think that, like, you're helping people understand, like, why they do things the way that they do and why things are the way that they are and just, like, it's just so wild to me. Like, it always blows my mind, like, after, like, a reading's done to just know that, like, someone is going to sit there and just, like, learn everything about themselves yeah it's crazy i remember man i was so nervous for my first couple readings like wow like (laughs) am i gonna am i gonna make this happen (laughs) like am i am i gonna do a good job is it gonna resonate it's it's wild and i love i love helping people and whenever i get any feedback from people that you know i was able to help them or give them some hope or anything like that i mean it truly just like means the world to me so i mean i'm really in it for the people and to just be there for anybody who needs it, you know, that's kind of the astrologer that I that I want to pursue, I guess, and, and put out there to the world. It's actually super interesting how you were talking about your Aquarius North Node because mine's, I'm an Aquarius South Node. So like, I also feel like I fall into this role of helping others and doing this kind of stuff like very easily. But obviously, my North Node is in Leo. So <laughs> I have a lot going in terms of like, I don't know, like building up the confidence and feeling okay being heard and like putting my ideas out there like it is a lot easier for me to like talk with people one-on-one I do have a lot of like seventh house placements too so that could be why but yeah it's kind of interesting hearing how we're like reversed but also like how similar that is yeah there's a lot of similarities in the opposite signs in different aspects and yeah the leo aquarius one is super interesting in in that sense but the leo north node is really about taking center stage and like having that courage and passion to like get what you need to get done and with those seven house seventh house placements it's also like a battle between yourself and others so kind of kind of fun that you get to work through that but yeah you get to you get to take center stage in this life even if you want there to always be someone with you. <laughs> so now that we have a little bit of an understanding of like, who is Brian? Fixed Air Moon. We're just going to discuss like some of your guys's like biggest questions, comments, concerns, topics, things in general about astrology, just, you know, to help you guys out. Because, you know, we have a nice third person here who doesn't talk the way that I talk, which is pretty annoying sometimes. So we're going to start off with talking about the rising sign. Well, the rising sign, I mean, I think it's super important. It definitely does a lot for our natal chart. It gives us a planet that really is the the ruler of the chart when, you know, you tie that sign of the rising to the planet that rules it. And then you look to where, you know, that 
planet is and, and what sign it's in, what house it's in. So, it, you know, the mask, you could say, that the rising sign is, is very, I mean, it, it's not everything, but it is this like persona, this ego that we try to project out. You could say at first glance, when you first meet someone, you're often going to see their rising sign. You're definitely not going to see their moon sign. <laughs> the moon sign's like the deeper, the deeper aspect of someone. So between the sun and the rising, you know, that's kind of that that ego or persona that comes out and you'll either get one or the other depending on the person i was gonna say do you feel more like your son or your rising oh my mike's my son all day <laughs> i feel like more like my rising sometimes it's funny too because sun sign horoscopes and i know astro twitter has beef with sun sign horoscopes they're like obsessed with natal charts and doing horoscopes from your rising which is totally important like a huge part of everything but man like when i do anything any sort of like horoscope or anything for my sun sign or hear someone else's like i mean that just hits me and i don't know if it's because i have so many planets by my you know they are outer planets i do have a stellium in capricorn with saturn neptune and uranus and my sun so there's just a lot right there but yeah the, i have so much capricorn and aquarius that you know the Aries is like, yeah, I kind of feel it, but it's like I have so much Capricorn energy that those just hit. So I think there's something about, too, if you have a lot of planets around your sun and in that same sign, you know, I wouldn't write off a sun sign horoscope. I mean, you might want to see which one resonates. I always look at both, so I recommend looking at both. Sometimes I even look at my moon sign, that horoscope, to see how it hits. But, yeah, I mean, me personally, Capricorn sun, like any, anything that hits the Capricorn, I'm like, yep. <laughs> But it's all personal preference, you know? Yeah, I was going to say a thing with the horoscopes too is like it really also just depends on like what house system you vibe the best with. Like I know that like if we're using like Placidus, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I literally say everything wrong. But like sometimes if that's like the house system I'm following with, like a transit might be occurring in like my second house, but like in Pisces so like I would have to read the Aquarius <laughs> horoscope but like obviously like I'm gonna know that like I know the difference between like house systems so I feel like sometimes that's where a lot of like confusion comes up too when it comes to checking for your rising sign because you know not everyone knows about like the different house systems and like it might not vibe with different house systems so I don't know I'm really glad you brought that up. I get questions about that on my weekly sun sign and rising horoscopes all the time. Like people are like, oh, I'm a 28 degree Gemini rising. And I'm like, oh, you know, I do these horoscopes in whole sign because it's for a broad spectrum of people that might stumble upon it on my YouTube channel, you know, so it's not like personal to you. I always tell them like, yeah, look at the cancer one and see how it vibes because that might hit your houses a little bit better. But also, I mean... There's definitely something to whole sign. I think whole sign's an important house to look at. I personally do readings in either Placidus or Porphyry. I really like the angular houses myself because you get intercepts and I like that juicy part of the puzzle for people. That's why the sun sign I think locks in so hard, at least in my opinion, because the sign that your sun in is, I mean, that is, you could put that in the first house. That's your soul's identity. The sun is our luminary. It's our light. It's our soul. So like really that is the identity we came in with. I think also a problem with sun sign is like some people don't resonate or they don't like their sun sign. Some people think they might have got like a, a bad sun sign, which doesn't exist. But, you know, the, you know, they might they might think it does in their own way. So they want to grab onto more of their moon, more of their rising. And there's nothing wrong with that. But 
the sun's so locked in that sign no matter what. So if you run the houses off your sun in the first and you look at how transits hit them, you might just be blown away by what's happening. I'm like, it's funny you brought that up because I remember growing up, I really hated the fact that I was a cancer so much. Like one of the things that really like sold me on like astrology was knowing that like I have Gemini in my chart because I feel like once I knew that I was like, oh my God, it all makes sense because I would be like, who do you think I am being a stay-at-home mom for a man? You think I you think I exist to be a mother? Like, oh, hell no. I was so against it. That's so funny. Imagine how, imagine how male cancers feel. I was so <laughs> against it. I was like, yeah, I cry sometimes, but I don't just sit on my ass depressed about it. I hated the fact that I was like, cancer but then i was like okay like she's a hoe she's got some gemini like the capricorn like it all made so much sense at that point that i was like wow yeah so funny you mentioned that because i was so against the cancer i vibe with it now obviously now that i'm you know a little bit more mature but we're all we're all of it you know it's there's such a big piece of the puzzle in astrology it's truly infinite and there's so many different house systems and they all tell a story and that story is all true you know, there's truth in every little bit of it. And it's it's so deep and you can go through so many different doors and, and look at things from different aspects. And, you know, that's something that's truly like beautiful about it. Also, I do want to say that like for the sun sign astrology, you want to look at the transits, not the planets in your natal chart. If you're looking at your natal chart, look at your, you know, look at it as it is with the rising sign, whatever house system you're using. But if you want to do like any sun sign work on yourself or any of the listeners, look at the transiting planets and what sign they're in and how they, what house they would be in according to your sun in the first. I just want them to know that. I mean, I I would say that that planet, that planet that rules that sign is a very important planet in your chart. And it's just something to see. It's just something to see how it's being aspected, where it is, what house it is is it is in because it is there is the chart ruler and no matter what that is an important aspect to look at and wherever it is is definitely something powerful about you that you can start to build a story about when you're even reading your own natal chart when you read charts do you start with the chart ruler i don't have any like protocol for where i start at all i channel a lot of my readings so it's really just what i'm called to and i don't study charts before i do them i pull them up right before i meet with the client So I don't have any preconceived nothing about them, no judgment about nothing. And I just go to what catches my eye, whether it's aspects, whether it's a sun in a certain house, the rising sign and how that planet's being aspected and, you know, what the transits are on top of that. Because I do daily horoscopes every day. So I I really am a transit astrologer and I know where all the planets are all the time. So it's easy for me to be like, oh, whoa, this is getting hit right now. Like you could be feeling this kind of type of way. So... You know, and I build the story around that. Another big aspect in how I how I go about readings for people is the, the North Node, South Node, and Chiron. Those are, you know, I would say my bread and butter for where I build the story, for sure. But yeah, I mean, the rising, the moon, the sun, they're important. I'm just not the type of reader that's going to just give you every planetary ex- planetary explanation or interpretation. I'm more along the lines of like, where are things happening big in your life and when? And how can I give you some sort of confidence and motivation, inspiration to get through it? So that's how I do readings. <laughs> I think Jade and I kind of do it similar, at least when we were still doing readings together. We would pull it up like, you know, 
I don't know, 10, 15 minutes before we did the reading. And the way that we read the chart was kind of unique based on that person's chart and like kind of like what it looks like because I don't know. I, I feel like everyone's chart is so unique and there's different things about it that kind of stand out and we kind of go about each of them differently because of that. Like if there was like a lot of like intense aspects going on, we'd be like, okay, we're going to spend a lot of time discussing these. But then like certain things like didn't really hold as much weight or importance for them. We're like, okay, we can kind of like, we'll talk about it, but we don't need to go as in depth. Like I just did recently a chart reading for this one client who like was about to enter like his Saturn return (laughs) so you can only imagine I spent so long just talking about Saturn I was like you don't understand you need to know everything about this and the Saturn returns happening in the sixth house so I really (laughs) went off on that one yep you got to when when clients come with big stuff like I mean those are that's every 28 and a half to 30 years like that's a big time in people's lives and you know most people only get three of them. Some people only get two of them. So, I mean, those are major transits that when, yeah, you get a client that comes, it's like, okay, this has to be talked about. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw it. And I think it was the first thing that I said. I was like, I'm so glad you booked a reading right now because I'm going to tell you everything about your Saturn return. <laughs> like in addition to like your chart, but like, I'm also going to talk about it because it's about to happen and I'm, I want you to know about it. <laughs> Saturn grows you up real quick. Uh, Again, don't remind me. (laughs) It's not so bad. Honestly, my Saturn return, it was one of the most constructive periods of time in my life. And there was a bunch of other transits looking back that hit super powerfully. And it was just, it was such a soul evolution that I went through. And I wouldn't change any of it for the world or anything. Like it was super powerful. And it made me who I am today and doing this show with you guys. So I do have a day chart, so, you know, Saturn's a little friendlier, they say to those. I personally am not sure if that is exactly true. I think it can go a little bit both, but they do say that the night charts, if you have sun anywhere in your first through sixth houses, that it's it's a little bit harder down there for the Saturn returns because it makes Saturn the major malefic planet in your chart. I was going to say, the next thing we were going to talk about was the Saturn return in general because I remember a while back I tweeted something it was like something stupid it was like you changed bro and I was like yeah I learned that Saturn rewards you when you work with it and everyone just sort of like was mind blown by this whole concept of like Saturn and karma and then obviously like the Saturn return in general so I feel like that's something that I wanted to talk about and especially since you know Capricorn Saturn like hand in hand (laughs) Okay, so, well, let's start off with that one. How can we use Saturn to our advantage? I mean, I know how we can use Saturn to our advantage, but what's your take on this? Yeah, Saturn's uh, he's karmic. He's He rules time. He wants us to put steady work in to accomplish our goals. And that's the thing is he wants us. He, Saturn is Capricorn, right? Capricorn's about the award. It's about reaching the top. It's about getting goals and, and just making it happen and being seen and and all of that and um saturn wants that to happen but saturn will like strike you down when you start straying too far from like your path and like that's where saturn starts to get difficult i believe but um at the same time when you like are going towards and like following your soul's passion and what makes you happy and you're living like this kind of destined path here saturn is super constructive and i think he rewards with accolades so when you get like a big job promotion and you worked hard like that's saturn coming in being like you know good job (laughs) 
good job. But then when you slack off, because Capricorn doesn't like to slack off, right? It's like, and you get lazy, then Capricorn kind of comes in and kicks your ass in line. Or Saturn comes in and kicks your ass in line. So I think it's about like, there's so much to it, but Saturn wants you to accomplish your goals. And it's by having goals and having plans and having things to work towards that Saturn really like up can uplift you, in my opinion. And that's how I work with Saturn is is by, you know, doing it every day and trying to constantly, whatever it is, the goal or the thing that I want to achieve, it's just like putting in that work and that step by step to get there. You can look at Capricorn as the sign. It's the mystical sea goat. Like that thing only has two goat legs and it made it to the top of the mountain. Like we don't know how it did it, but it's just that it's that slow, steady work and it always gets there. So we all have that in us. And Saturn likes to reward you for that. Well, I was going to say, I feel like a big part of that comes about. I feel like people at least say that it always, you know, realize it the most during your Saturn return. And obviously like that hasn't happened for me yet and it has happened for you. So I guess like what is your like advice on like the Saturn return and like preparation for it? Because I know like just because I'm a psychopath and like my Saturn return will be happening in my second house that like I get very like anxious about that because I just don't want any like bad financial things to happen so like what is your personal like advice on the Saturn return to not be afraid of it I would say is the first thing like there's nothing to be afraid of it's going to teach you something or it's going to help you achieve something one way or the other but I would say if, if you're looking ahead to your Saturn return, the best thing to do would to be to, to see where Aquarius and also Capricorn are at in your chart. Because both those houses, both those signs and the houses they're in are going to play a big role in that aspect of your life. And then also to know if you have a day chart or a night chart. The day charts really do seem to be a little bit more constructive and friendly. Where um, the night charts seem to be a little bit more uh, forceful, I guess you could say. I haven't personally seen that, but for instance, I have Capricorn ruling my 10th and my 11th house because I'm an Aries rising, and I also have my Sun and my Saturn in the 10th house. So, I mean, it was like a whole career change and a whole like life change and a, a whole switch of where I wanted to go and how I was going to get there, and it's almost like Saturn comes by and kind of like brings some structure to the planets in that area too, kind of like gives them some more wisdom. So I think there's a lot of positives to be taken from it. It's like taking that next step in your life. It's like the first one we get is when we're 18, we get our nodal returns. And that's like a big step to where we're like, ooh, we got some things figured out. Like you kind of already feel like an adult when you graduate high school and you're just like, I'm ready to go take on the world. And then it's like, oh, kind of stumble sometimes in your 20s and like learn. I learned so much in my 20s, like so much. And then you come back to your Saturn return and it's like you, you have this like nice, time of like gaining wisdom through different areas of consciousness as you grow up whether it be a child teenager in your 20s so i think a lot of people and the best way to look at it is like saturn makes you an adult when you have your saturn return and that's kind of the next 30 year phase of your life that um, you're going to step into which is a good thing a lot of people you know make their biggest career moves when they're in their 30s and 40s so saturn's you know Look at the houses. Like, so 10th and 11th for me, it really activated me coming out and working with people more. It activated me changing my career, how I wanted to be seen, what I wanted to be known for. 
definitely more responsibility. I wanted to be more responsible, but in my own way, not for somebody else, but for what I wanted to create. And, you know, having a North Node in Aquarius in the 11th house and my moon and my Venus there, it's also like kind of activated more of my feminine energy in those houses as well. And, and you know, giving me more balance to where when I was younger, I was more, I was way more Aries rising when I was younger, like, rah. And um, my Saturn return actually like evened things out and gave me some balance, I would say, and, and helped me come out and talk and like want to help people and be more you know, less judgmental and more humanitarian as a humanitarian, humanitarian, yeah, in that aspect for me. So, you know, you look at the houses and it's like you could have a fourth house, you could have a Capricorn in the fourth house, or in your case, Jade, you have Capricorn in your first house. So this is like identity shift. This could be like you taking on a whole new persona in yourself when that comes. Also, I would assume your second house is ruled by Aquarius. If it's whole sign, yes. <laughs> if it's whole sign. Okay, so yeah, so it could be like getting your message out more too if it rules your third house in Placidus or Porphyry. So it's kind of like that section of your chart gets really activated with the Saturn return. And um, that's where you can see things taking place within that sign and within that house. But I would say the biggest thing is there's nothing to be scared of. Like it's just an evolution point for the soul and to grab that and, and take it, you know, go for it. Yeah, I'm like, my chart has me so set up to be afraid of losing money <laughs> between the Taurus moon. That's so funny that you're worried about that because honestly, because you're, you're a son in the seven, so you're a day chart. It could be you building something really powerful for yourself and giving you more more value. You know, it could end up being some one of the most constructive things for money in your life, to be honest. So things to consider. That's what I'm hoping. I'm like, come on, Saturn, come through with some direct deposit, cause it could, it could, it could manifest at first for those first couple years. It could manifest as you like losing a job or losing something, but only to help you break out and to go towards something better that's gonna bring you more. Like that's how Saturn can work. It's like if you're not doing the job maybe that you were supposed to, that might. I don't know. Maybe that might go away. It's different. For, things manifest different for everybody. So it's kind of just in those lines that you can get an idea. I don't think anybody or any astrologer can really predict exactly what's coming, but it's like the guidelines of where you can look for things to manifest. I have to ask you this because people ask me this all the time, but I also have this placement. My Saturn's in the seventh house. And like, if you ever Google that, the first thing that comes up is like, oh, you like should not get married before your Saturn return. And like people will send us DMs all the time like asking us about that. And I just don't know if you have any opinions or anything to say about it because... I don't know. I think it's... I mean, you could take that just for advice. But I mean, at the same time, it's like if you meet someone that, you know, you fall in love with and everything's great, like there's no reason to hold yourself back from an experience, you know, in my opinion. Like we're all kind of meant to experience things. Like that's why we're here. I think Saturn in the seventh is, is karmic relationships for sure. Like you could end up meeting up with people that you've had karma with in past lives that are going to come back and teach you something and it might not be the forever but at the same time it could be so there's always a, a it, it could go both ways and i think that yeah the house saturn's in is definitely trying to tell you something about where you need to take your time and not rush so i mean I, i'd say that's not bad advice but i wouldn't say like if you meet someone amazing and they ask you to marry him like no, sorry, I haven't had my Saturn return yet. Unless you really unless you really wanted to, but maybe there's something powerful in that experience that you wouldn't want to miss. So, you know, I like to 
I mean, I look at the transits and how things are hitting for myself all the time, but I don't like stop myself from experiencing life because of it. Like I'm having a crazy transit tonight. I mean, and I was like, nah, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Like it was meant to be. So that's kind of how I look at things. Other people might want to be more cautious, I guess, but I guess that's that Capricorn in me to just take a risk, I guess you could say. It's funny you mentioned with the transits too because I feel like I always just like go through life and then I'm just like I wonder what's making me feel this way or what's going on and then I always check and I'm like wow yeah okay exactly what's happening I think it is fun it's fun looking back yeah (laughs) sometimes I don't want to know exactly what's going to come like I'm still somebody who wants to experience life like I'm not trying to like rewrite why I'm here or something like with free will like I'm just trying to let things unfold as they're meant to and i but i do think it's fun to look back 100 percent. yeah i feel like part of me feels better too i mean obviously because this podcast is called blame it on the stars that it's just like oh okay <laughs> like you know i'm like oh no wonder like you know <laughs> that's going on like especially with like 2020 in general i feel like this is such a shit show in regards to like transits and astrology that it's just like nice that i can sort of just be like yes everything is a mess we're in a pandemic like like everything bad is happening at once like literally everything that's bad is happening at once and it's just like well look at the transits like you know (laughs) yeah these are these are transits that you know haven't come around in a thousand years like it's pretty crazy when you start looking at like pluto jupiter and saturn and capricorn and we've never in like our calendar system seen a pluto jupiter and saturn square a Mars retrograde in Aries. Like, it's oh, it's it's pretty wild. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it was just not a unique year. And I, I do the horoscopes every day. And every day I'm like, I want to give like inspiration through them. And it's like, man, these are hard transits. Like, you have to be really in your like own alignment and have happiness or like things could like really wreck you right now, to be honest. So it's, it's hard. And even if you are spiritually aligned, like I still get hit too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like astrologers aren't immune to this stuff. Trust me. No, I feel that. I was saying the other day too, that like, it's just like very frustrating whenever like Kara and I like sit and like look at everything that's going on and then compare it with like current events to discuss. And it's just like, wow, like I wonder when we're going to have something nice to say. Like when are we going to be like, yes. And like, everyone's in the mood for love and running off into the sunset meanwhile i'm just like the election (laughs) yeah i think i mean in like a macro sense we're totally heading to that kind of a place but um not with an election year on a great conjunction that's that ain't gonna happen the the stats on like elections and and presidents that get elected under this great conjunction between jupiter and saturn it's really unfavorable So it's interesting to me looking at it from that perspective because everybody's so up at arms with each other over two old men that I don't even think anybody really likes either one of them. Yeah. And they're putting so much effort into that side, but it's like there's like a good chance neither one of these presidents or these candidates, I should say, stay or get that position, which is kind of a bold prediction. No, I feel that. It's interesting and everybody's so up at arms with each other over it. So it'll be, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. I think things are about to get extra juicy and spicy this year. I agree. Also, I'm curious about this November 30th eclipse happening in the uh, the Donald's 
10th, I believe. Yeah. And he's having his notal return right now. Yep. I've been thinking about that. It's interesting times for him. I don't I don't see him being our president next term. I really don't. And then Joe Biden, like I look at him and I'm looking at like some of his chart and like his age and his health and the way he like uh, like it doesn't look very good for him either. I'm like, these guys are neither of them are gonna be there. <laughs> so Yeah, it's just like two ancient men. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. So we'll see what happens. So while we're on this topic, like, do you have any predictions in general for like the rest of 2020? Because I know that that's like a big part of this podcast is us like making predictions <laughs> based off the transit. So I'm curious if you had any of your own. Well, I would say that we have Pluto going direct on Sunday. And that means that we have all the Capricorn energy back online. And, you know, we kind of had this retrograde break with all three of them and many others, and it was almost like this eye of the storm, I want to say, where I think we got kind of kind of, somewhat back to normal. Like, yeah, we still have to wear masks in stores and out in public and places, but I got to be honest with, you know, just a natural flu season coming because of this fall and winter months coming. I definitely see more and more coming out about the coronavirus. I see more of that coming up, whether it's real or not, because the way I look at Pluto, Jupiter, and Saturn in Capricorn is very much like Pluto is this big hidden power that nobody sees. And Jupiter is blowing it out of proportion, and Saturn's like making us kind of feel the structure and restriction of it. So I feel like there's really this unseen force pulling the strings politically and with this CV thing, and I would say that I predict that we see another another outbreak, but I don't know how it, it could be real. I feel like the last one if it was almost like a live wire test in a weird way, and I know some people might not agree with this, but, and I'm just going off my own experience, I don't know anybody or know anybody that knows somebody that got COVID. So it's just... I mean, I'm just looking at it from my perspective, and I know there's a whole bunch of stats out there, but I don't know how true they are because I don't trust the media because Neptune and Pisces has kind of got a spell on everybody, to be honest. So I think they're going to you know, come out with higher numbers, whether they're true or not. I, th- I think there's going to be more lockdown and restriction this year to come, and I think that's going to start happening sooner than we think. And then I also, another prediction I have is that we don't see Trump or Biden as our president by the end of 2020. I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I've been thinking, well, I mean, with COVID right now, I have three family members who got it, but they got it within like the last month. And being that I work in like food in New York and I'm seeing life turn back to normal, even not even looking at the astrology, just looking at like life and society and like we are so quickly headed towards round two and if I was to take a a guess on when it's gonna happen I feel like it could happen in October probably around the Mercury retrograde but that's that could be a little early I do feel like it'll happen in the fall though yeah even the uh, new moon that's coming on October 16th I mean this full moon we're having is almost like a it's almost like the pregame, you know, it's almost like it's it's getting people to kind of look within for what they really want to do. But then this this new moon in Libra that's going to be squaring Saturn, squaring Pluto with Mercury just going retrograde and in opposition to Uranus 
Uranus has been playing a huge part in these new moons and full moons at this 9 and 10th degree of Taurus. So, yeah, there's just heavy stuff. And Venus is going to be in opposition to Neptune. Venus will be in fall in Virgo. I think this 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 new moon coming up is big time change into the second half of like this year. And I mean like astrological year, as in Aries is the beginning of the year and Libra would be the middle of the year. So not using our traditional calendar system, but the astrological calendar. I think this is this is half we just had halftime and it's it's the second half that's coming. I was going to say for our listeners in case you wanted to know my predictions. I don't know about you, but I really feel like we're going to see a huge 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 amount of divorces in November cuz eventually Venus goes into Libra and deals with all of this stuff. In November, we literally see Venus square the whole Saturn, Jupiter, Pluto situation. And then eventually it goes opposite Uranus. I'm like, uh. I know Venus, we get Venus in like in her dignified home in Libra. And it's like, oh, good. We made it out of fall position in Virgo. But then Venus has like a serious battle with oppositions to Mars, squares to Jupiter, Pluto and Saturn. I mean, it's it's wild. It's wild transits. And Chiron. And Chiron, who's playing a huge part today. Yeah. And Eris, even. Even Eris, the little dwarf planet, the goddess of strife and discord. Mars is just on top of her, squaring Saturn and Pluto. Like, people are edgy right now. Yeah. <laughs> Can confirm, I am on edge. <laughs> okay. Well, we already discussed which house system you use. Let's do a fun one because this is a huge debate on Astro Twitter. Which house do you believe sex falls under? I believe it's the eighth house. I believe the eighth house rules sex. Yeah, because it's private. It's hidden. And like if you look at like the body parts associated with astrology, Scorpio rules the private. And Scorpio definitely, the eighth house definitely rule. It doesn't say it rules, but it has very scorpionic energy yeah i mean i'm i definitely believe that it's the eighth house i think the fifth house is like it's creation so like yes i would say if you're married love and creating a baby i would say that that can fall in the fifth house but as far as just like having sex like that is so the eighth house in my opinion i know that's a hot it's a hot take Kara, what do you think i don't even know if i know what you think I don't know what to think. I feel like I listen to like both sides between like modern and traditional to the point where I just like don't have an opinion anymore because you know Libra rising like I understand both arguments. So like I really like I don't know like I could just see it both ways. Well one of the other questions that like a lot of people ask us is like what is the difference between the 8th house and the 12th house since they're both dealing with things that are sort of like you know not necessarily you know, the most blatantly obvious things, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I guess we can start with the eighth since we were talking about it. The eighth is very transformative, in my opinion. And it's like, it's where you have to go deep within yourself to rise up and find that power. And it's it's also intense. Like it's, you know, Scorpios are also Mars ruled. It's very intense and it's fixed water. So, I, I mean, I know people are a little... Some people, um, I would say traditional astrologers, they don't like to have like the signs talk about like the houses or relate them. But like, I'm sorry, like I've looked at enough, (laughs) like, (laughs) I'm sorry, there's a correlation there, whether you want to say they're ruled or whatever. No, literally. That's like you go around the wheel and that's the 12 (laughs) states of consciousness. And like, I don't know what to tell you guys. You can believe what you want. Anyways, 
to each their own that's what's cool about astrology and being an astrologer or even like just doing it on your own there's so many different ways to interpret things there is no black or white there's the basics there's the energies of the planets there is this there's house systems but it's how you interpret it you know that's that's what it's about or how you want someone you know you go to someone and it's about their interpretation for you but yeah the eighth house it's it's very transformative it's deep it's emotional it's very psychic it deals with other people's stuff other people's finance like if you're looking for money in your chart from like investments you would look at the eighth house and then it has that plutonian aspect too of like death and rebirth and transformation the twelfth house is much more spiritual in my opinion where it's it's hidden it's it's because we can't see that side of this reality so it's like that deep power within ourselves of like, you know, having beliefs in something bigger and trusting in something bigger. And it also is like very compassionate and it can be sensitive to other people and like wanting to be of service to other people. But it's it's duality too. You know, you could look at it in relation with Pisces and it's like it's slippery. It's mutable almost like it can go both ways. So like I know when I had my progressed moon in the 12th house i was escaping through a whole bunch of like different you know avenues in life and that's like the 12th house too it can have a lot of escapism it can have a lot of looking for things outside of like yourself and instead of going deep within so i I definitely associate the 12th house very deeply with spirituality and it it being also pisces being ruled by jupiter i I think jupiter jupiterian qualities play a big part in the 12th house but it's more of a spiritual part of jupiter like an expansion of deep emotion and you know i do think it's another very psychic psychically gifted placement if you have like any planets or especially your sun in the 12th I think that is something special. It's endings and beginnings. So it is has that eighth house vibe too of like death and rebirth, but endings and beginnings because it is that last sign of the zodiac or that last house even on the wheel. Yeah, I would, I would say that they're both very deep and, and very slippery <laughs> houses. So it's no wonder that, you know, they are. Um, I even spent a long time like questioning both of them too. So I'm not surprised that question came up. Kara knows this already, but my favorite out of all my astrology books is literally called neptune the 12th house in pisces yeah it's so funny like neptune a lot of traditional astrologers don't like to you know really talk about the outer planets but neptune is like the planet of spirituality it's even ruled by the number seven which is the most spiritual number and it's like neptune is our connection to this like outer world this outer realm and it's this ability to bring it here and 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 merge reality with spirituality and i think that's a lot of the pisces virgo axis you know bringing those deep emotional spiritual beliefs and merging them with reality right now um, especially in these times that we're at with neptune in pisces neptune is by far my favorite planet (laughs) kara knows this yeah one of mine too and it's conjunct my son so i have a special love for neptune (laughs) i feel mine's in the first house so (laughs) (laughs) I feel that so hard. I Kara knows I'll literally talk about Neptune for so long. Neptune's hard. It can it can bring up like beautiful, amazing, nurturing things, and then it can also make you see mirages and like get completely tricked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a it's a wild planet. It it does crazy things with our subconscious, not so much our our like mind. Where Uranus kind of works our higher mind. Like Neptune's just like 
deep subconscious, like dreams and stuff. I also feel like personally, just from my experience with it, I feel like it also deals a lot with like where boundaries are sort of more needed, whether like you're aware of like that Neptune like influence or not. Like, I don't know, I could just easily see it as being where you need to develop those boundaries in your life. Well, let's let's do some fun questions <laughs> just for fun. So do you judge people based off their chart or astrology stereotypes in general? No, I don't, <laughs> especially because I do readings. I don't think you can be a good reader if you're prejudging people based off anything. Like just, I guess, my opinion on readers. You got to come at that neutral in my personal opinion, of course. I always get asked that question a lot specifically because I date a lot of people unfortunately but anyway and then like one of the biggest questions like after like I like discuss astrology is they're like oh like so are you gonna judge me because like I'm a Libra and I'm like no <laughs> like I'm gonna judge you based off your music taste like the job that you <laughs> exactly exactly I would never judge like a Cancer or a Libra or an Aries just because they hit my angles yeah. of my sun sign. It's like, how stupid. Like, yeah. why don't you see who that person is? Exactly. So, yeah, I definitely i am more interested in, like, people being themselves. And I don't, you know, I might look at their chart and see things pop out that I'm like, oh, look at that. You know, that's something that is going to play a big part in their life. But I'm not like, this is who you are. Like, you are who you present yourself to me. And that's how I'm going to make you know, any sort of judgments that ever come up in that sort of friendship or relationship. Yeah, I also feel like it's helpful, though, knowing it for like transits, like that's something that I think I would think about. Like I know, like I dated three Taurus Risings this year, don't know how that happened. And the only thing I could think about is like, wow, this Mars retrograde in their 12th house, like really hit all of them the exact way that I thought it would. And I feel like that would be the only time that I would judge that's a hard transit i know they're really all three of them are going through it right now and i'm not even surprised yeah well based off of mine and kara's charts what would you assume about us <laughs> i haven't I, I think i i saw jade i feel like you posted on twitter one time and i remember seeing it and i was like oh 12th house sun and like the first thing i guess that popped up into my into my mind was just like she needs to definitely focus on herself in this life and not just be all about relationships <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, I hope I hope she does that, <laughs> like, because um, I think that the twelfth house is a hard place to have your son. It's one of the hardest places, in my opinion, just because it's so far from the rising and from that first house of identity. Wait, I'm seventh house. Yeah, seventh. Are you? You guys are both seventh, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seventh house. So it's like that furthest away from the rising and the identity. So it's almost like the sun in in the seventh can like attached to other people's identities and attached to relationships and other things but it needs to like go all the way to the other side and really like grab that identity of who they truly are and what they truly want and, and build that relationship with themselves so that they can have relationship in life so I guess that was the first little thing that popped in my mind and I definitely didn't judge you for it I was just like oh cool <laughs> it just popped out and I kept scrolling but I, that's the only planet um I even, that's the only thing I even remember from your chart, to be honest. What about Kara? I've definitely never posted mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Kara's chart. Probably because I have my Scorpio Mars in the first house. I keep it very private. <laughs> right. Scorpio Mars is a good position, too. That's like the best Mars position you can have for anybody that doesn't know. That is a strong Mars. <laughs> you think so? It is. 
<laughs> I feel like, I don't know. Is it obvious? I don't know if I really... It depends on the degrees, too. You could say that the zero degree is the most powerful, and then one through nine is kind of a little bit immature in that space and trying to learn more. And then you could even say like the 10 through 19 is more of adolescent where it's like kind of like the knight in tarot, like it's ready to jump in and do things, but it doesn't have that wisdom of like the king or the queen. And then the later degrees are like really, they have a lot of wisdom with that sign and that position and they hone it and they use it really powerfully. That's one way to look at it in my opinion. Me and Jade used to talk about that all the time. All of your degrees were like in the early degrees, weren't they? Yes, all of them are for the most part. The only thing, like the latest degree is both my rising and my sun which are exact at 17.5 or 17 little circle five whatever you know what that the vibe is but (laughs) that is my um yeah that is my like latest one just for anybody that doesn't know it's degrees is the is the big bold so like i'm a 10 degree capricorn sun and then the little one below those are called minute so you get so i'm a 10 degree eight minute capricorn sun so just in case nobody knew that oh yeah that was a good little fact yeah they're minutes so that's how you say it oh wait i like this first question okay it says if the sun and moon represent the authority and maternal figures in your life what planets represent the rest of your family members i would say mercury would represent siblings being being the ruler of Gemini and that being that twin and that sibling vibe. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And then, yep. Yep. And the third house. What about like the fourth house and the 10th house for like mother and father or like, you know, more authority versus like maternal? Like, would you look there too or just at the sun and the moon? Yeah. You know, I have that axis in my chart with my son in the 10th. And then I also have Chiron in the fourth opposing my son in Cancer. And what's funny is how that manifested in my life was actually that my dad left at a young age. Even having Chiron like in cancer in the fourth, I guess a lot of people would relate that to like having mother and family issues like that. But my mom was actually really like solid in my life, even though we had our differences. She's an Aries. Yeah, it was more like the dad that bounced, which is interesting. But then, you know, I just saw a house wheel that I haven't seen before and it had interpretations of the houses and it had in the 10th house it had mother and in the 4th house it had father and I was like pretty interested by it so I don't know I first learned when I was studying definitely that the 4th house was more maternal and the 10th house was more the father but maybe that opposition is kind of what switched it for me maybe I was gonna say I have Pluto in my 10th house and I feel like that manifested in the exact way that you think it would in relationship to my father played a very 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 big role in my development and part of the reason why i am the way that i am with my money and career yeah i i think that axis can go both ways so it's an interesting one with family dynamics and and stuff like that for sure. So I know that we kind of touched on this topic a little bit earlier in the episode, but I was wondering if you could just repeat again how you find the chart ruler because I know that we get that question a lot. Yeah, we kind of already did. But yeah, you look at your rising sign. So like if you're an Aquarius rising, you would then look at where your Saturn and I would say even your Uranus is placed because they are co-rulers in my opinion. I know some people... Traditional astrologers hate on it. Saturn only. (laughs) 
gosh, they're so, like, not into outer planets, or they are in, I don't know, I guess that's my only beef with, like, traditional astrologers, it's like, come on, they, we know they're there, <laughs> like, I know, but they're it, like, <laughs> don't you say Pluto around me, I know, it's, like, so funny. it's so funny, <laughs> but whatever, you know, it, it all plays, but yeah, I would say look at your Saturn and your Uranus, see it, how they're being aspected, what house they're in, what sign they're in, and that, that's how you really hone in on your chart ruler, and it can go for all of them. So, you know, you got, I guess you got to learn what planet rules your rising sign. I guess I could go over that for anybody if they don't know. But Aries is Mars. Taurus is Venus. Gemini is Mercury. Cancer is the moon. Leo is the sun, or in traditional astrology, Mercury. Virgo is Mercury. Libra is Venus. Scorpio is Mars and Pluto. Sagittarius is Jupiter. Capricorn is Saturn, Aquarius is Saturn and Uranus, and Pisces is Jupiter and Neptune. I like the last question. Somebody asked, tips for starting an astrology account. I'm assuming if we're thinking about Instagram. Just do it. (laughs) That is my biggest tip. Just like make stuff. I feel like Jade and I really did a lot of different things. We tried out a lot of different things. We figured out, you know, what kind of posts we liked making, which kind of posts we didn't like making. And kind of just went from there. So yeah, if you need a little push, like definitely just like do it. But like content wise, it's totally up to you and like what you like and like what you want to do with it because it's your space at the end of the day. I was gonna say I have advice too, which is if like you're gonna make memes or like anything along those lines, like just don't pay attention to the comments because people will come at your neck for the dumbest things (laughs) like the dumbest things like I'm a Pisces and I hate cookies and cream ice cream how dare you say that about me and I'm like I didn't say that's what flavor you like but okay we're just having fun (laughs) you're definitely your unique self it's funny people get worked up I would say any I mean just for starting up or getting into astrology or wanting to like you know just talk about it put it out there in any way that you want and you know it's it's truly like that's one of the beauties of astrology is like you can channel these energies of the planets in whatever way resonates with you and like yes they have their ultimate you know I guess you could say interpretations but as far as that goes like you can bend them into all sorts of different aspects and make them make the planets come alive in your own unique way so just yeah go for it like like they said and and let it out there show them what you're learning (laughs) and it's good practice all right i think that that is it for this week's episode huge thank you to brian for being a guest on our podcast we are very happy that you agreed to do this with us and thank you so much for being here and talking about astrology with us well brian do you want to plug your social medias again just in case people missed it and they want to follow you do all that stuff yeah first of all thank you both so much for inviting me on the show it was really fun hanging out and talking i'm really grateful that you had me on so thank you both and uh, thank you everybody for listening. So yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at the same at it's fixed air moon, all one, no spaces, underscores, any of that, just fixed air moon. So I um, hope to see you guys. <laughs> if you're looking for something that's significantly less easy to remember, we have multiple social medias with different names. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are Astro Millennials, our 
podcast Instagram is at BLME the stars. If you want to follow us on Twitter, our podcast Twitter is at BLME the stars. I am Astro with a zero instead of an O. J A D E and Kara is Astro with a zero instead of an O. K A R A. We have a website now if you guys want to check us out, astromillennials.com. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a nice little five-star rating and review to show us that you love us and care for us. If you're listening to this on Spotify, also make sure that you are following to stay up to date on the latest episode. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye.